Welcome to another Principle of Hospitality podcast. I'm your host as always, Sean DeVries. Thanks so much for tuning in to this first episode in 2022. Food brings people together and promotes community. And here at Principle of Hospitality, we're disrupting the current perceptions of what the hospitality industry can achieve in today's ever-evolving and challenging environment. So that's why we're so proud to partner with Chef's Hat, the largest family-owned and operated hospitality supplier in Australia on this, our 10th season of Poe. Piera Pasta Fresca is a pasta business supplying fresh pasta to restaurants and individuals all around Melbourne. Their founder, Piera, aims to share her Italian roots with the Australian community through her love of pasta. Having arrived in Australia with her husband in 2010 on Valentine's Day, she realized her love for making pasta was undeniable. She is one of the most well-known pasta makers in Melbourne and her dream of starting her own pasta business finally came true last year. So welcome to the program, Piera and Federica, the sales and operations manager. Welcome to you both. All right, ladies, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Now, Piera, we talked in the intro there just about how you came to Australia now 11 years ago, no, 12 years ago now. Now, let's talk about how and why you actually started the business because as we were talking just before about the podcast, um, just before the podcast, I should say, it's a fantastic story. So how did you get started? I've been making pasta since I was a little girl. My nonna was a sfoglina. Sfoglina in Bologna is a pasta maker. Okay. Every good restaurant in Bologna got a personal sfoglina. We don't buy pasta. We make fresh every day. Mm-hmm. And uh, when I, I came to Australia um, almost 12 years ago, after one year, I stay at home, but the plan was to be a mom, and that's it. I was so bored. <laughs> because my English was really poor, and I had a very huge difficult to make new friends, etc., uh, etc. Et yes. And I decided to, to find a job, because it uh, was uh, the best way to learn more quicker the English, and also to, to make friendship, because uh, I'm a social person, and stay at, all day at home in my plan was uh, fantastic. In mm-hmm. the reality, was uh, a big tragedy for me. And uh, when I decided, okay, which kind of job I can find with my limited English was in the kitchen. The first month was just like a simple kitchen end. Okay, I can die here now. It's too hard. What can I do that the people are not able to do and uh, to find a career? And my idea was, okay, I can make pasta. I'm really good at it with the pasta and I can offer something can be really a good product for the customer sure. and for the restaurants. And I decide, okay, I'll try. After two weeks, I find a job. Mm-hmm. And I'm starting with uh, a very good restaurant because it was Ladro. Mm-hmm. And I used to make the pasta for Sean for both restaurants in Fitzroy and Praren for mm-hmm. almost two years. And was for me the best ch- choice I I ever ma- made in Australia because uh, was not just uh, you know a job mm-hmm. I was uh, learn about uh, you know how to communicate with the other people and uh, also had the opportunity to start in a, a cooking school and uh, in three years I had my certificate it was uh, when you do you can be a, a, a perfect cook at home. Yes. In the restaurants, it's completely different. Mm-hmm. Not just the hygienic rule, but also all the procedure and the way to make uh, your work more efficient uh, and uh, the big quantity, etc., etc. I didn't have uh, this kind of, of knowledge with the school was uh, a different story. Sure. And it's like a ladder for me, I, I used to say, was my wings. Love it. Thanks to Sean, I can fly now very, you know, confident because I had the opportunity to a certificate, have a, a, a knowledge of all the procedure in the kitchen. Yes. The start of my career. Can I ask, when you've gone to Ladro, and I've, um, I've dealt with Sean before because I used to sell him bread in another mm-hmm. job. He's a, 
only not like him just because he's got a great name, but he's also just a really nice character. Yes, he's a really nice person. And also I like the vision of Sean because it's very focused on, you know, control the wastage. Yes. And uh, very, very keen in uh, about recycling, about uh, the environment. I can remember the bees on the roof yes. to make the honey, yes. you know? Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. Uh, and when you work in a, a, a place like this, uh, it's good also for you because you can say, I can make, a, you know, just a little step, but I can make a difference. And also, I came from a culture where the wastage is mm. a, a big scene. And I can see in uh, all the hospitality around Melbourne a huge problem with the wastage. Yep. I can remember my nonna about the bread. Yes. Told me a story, a funny story. When you going to die, you cannot go into the paradise immediately. You can find all the door of the paradise closed. Before that, before open the door, you need, with a broken basket, mm-hmm. catch all the bread you waste in your life. Otherwise, the door stay closed. Because the bread is, uh, in Italian culture, you know, the king of uh, the the table. You cannot waste. You always need to find a reuse, like in the meatballs, like uh, in the cotoletta. Mm. We have a pasta made with the bread. We have a gnocchi made with the bread. Mm. For example, in in Romania, the region where I came from, Mm -hmm. we have a passatelli are made just with the old bread, parmesan and eggs. And you cook like a, a thick spaghetti in the in broth. Wow. Yeah. I wanted to ask you, when you went to Ladro yeah. and you started making pasta, yeah. what was the situation before you started making pasta? Were they making pasta in-house and then you just came along and said, hey, like I've got the skill I, here? I'm not sure because I came in the middle of a, a big change because sure. they... They just changed the head chef, mm-hmm. and that was uh, a new experience for me. Yes. I didn't know, you know, the way the previous head chef used to manage the kitchen, mm-hmm. but I know very well was a really good head chef mm. with a, a lot of knowledge of Italian mm, cuisine. Sure. Pro- probably, but I'm not sure, was in charge also of the fresh pasta. Yes. What was the feedback from Sean and the team when you started making pasta? Fantastic. <laughs> Very happy about the pasta. Was uh, gnocchi on the menu? Yeah. Uh, two different kinds of fillet pasta, like uh-huh. tortelli or ravioli. Yes. And uh, one long pasta, like tagliatelle or tagliolini, and often a special, mm-hmm. especially for the weekend. Because it was a big seller, the pasta. And when you were doing specials, were you? Because I noticed from the website, like you were doing part, you're doing pastas that yeah, some I hadn't seen before, right? I yeah. felt a bit embarrassed that I hadn't. Were you doing stuff that maybe normal people? I say normal people. Were you doing? Were you doing pasta specials that maybe not everyone would know? Yes, because uh, you know, I, I notice uh, some chefs uh, like to play safe. You know, mm. just uh, you know the the big name of pasta. We have uh, three hundred kind of different pasta in Italy. Wow. You know, you can eat a different dish of pasta every day for one year. Yes, for one year yeah, you yeah, can yeah. eat different. And why we need to stay stuck in the four, five classic dishes, so, you know. Mm. You can you can play with the pasta. And also, pasta, for example, really shocked me at the beginning, mm-hmm. the Napoli sauce. Why is that? The Napoli sauce doesn't exist in Italy. <laughs> because the pasta, especially for the family, is something very easy, quick to do. Yes. You got, uh, you know, one hour of break, you can do the pasta and the sauce you do at the moment with the passata. Just the time you cook the pasta, the sauce is ready. Mm. We don't used to, probably, 100 years ago, they used mm. to do this very long, you know, cooking sauces. For example, the Bolognese sauce, I'm from Bologna. Yes. After three hours, 
is gone because it became, you know, with that sandy taste oh, almost, okay. you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, a long cooking time, but not too long, not too long. And uh, with, the, with the sauce, uh, I prefer something fresh. We can use, uh, you know, seasonal ingredients, a lot of vegetables. Uh, when I used to, to work for the, in the pasta section in other restaurants, I had just one sauce for the pasta. The rest I did at the moment. You can have uh, with prosciutto and peas. Yes. Classic from Bologna. Yeah. You, you do the sauce in five minutes. And also you can, because I always think about the wastage, yeah. uh, the prosciutto. The customer like the big slice of prosciutto. The bottom, nobody care. <laughs> and you can see all the bottom of the prosciutto stain the corrul, color room mm-hmm. until it rancid. Mm-hmm. You know? And then you cannot use anymore. In Bologna, the culo, lo the culo, the culo of prosciutto, the bottom. Yes. Okay. Cost more. Really? Yes, because it's a more tasting part of the prosciutto. You got more flavor. And we use for cooking. We used to f- do the tortellini, the filling of the tortellini. Yes. And we dice normally the, the, the bottom of the prosciutto. You can just put a little bit of onion, you know, sort a little bit until it's translucent. You put the, the diced prosciutto, a little bit of fresh peas, a couple of spoons of passata, the sauce is done. And uh, it's a perfect match with the tagliatelle because the saltiness of the prosciutto and the sweetness of the peas are perfect. You need just to finish with a little bit of parmesan. And it's a sauce you made in four or five minutes. You don't need to, to, to stay on the stove for hours. I want to talk about how you go about menu development and, and dish development later on in the podcast because mm-hmm. I think we could go into that for an yeah. hour in itself. Obviously, when you started out in Melbourne and when you went to Ladro, like what did you – you stayed there for a couple of years, you said. Yes. What did you do after that? I went to another place in Warrandyte. Mm-hmm. It was a big winery. Okay. The name is Olivinia. Mm-hmm. It's a fantastic place. Mm-hmm. You can see the place and you say, I'm not in Australia. I'm in Tuscany. Wow. I'm in Tuscany. Yes. But not just uh, the restaurant and the, the location, mm-hmm. because you got uh, the hills in front of you, a vineyard, and all the orchard with the lemons, uh, with the oranges. Uh, it's fantastic. And you can have uh, all the trees you, you have in a... Uh, a Tuscan landscape, and also the silent, you can hear that just the bird, you know, was a, okay, I need to work here. I cannot work here because I'm in holiday, you know. (laughs) (laughs) You'd be taken away from it too much. And also with uh, a big kitchen garden, Mm -hmm. and the morning, just, uh, you know, go outside, pick up all your fresh herbs, all your zucchini, all your veggie you need for your, your menu was a, a, a fantastic experience. So busy, so busy. Because of uh, the place uh, is always full booked. Yes. Always, but it was a fantastic experience. Did it change how you cooked in a kitchen going from a place like Ladro, which has 100 and probably 120, 150-odd covers, I'd imagine, and then, and then go into a winery like that, which would have so many more seats yes. in a restaurant. Did it, did it change your mentality about how you'd a work? A lot, a lot. Okay. Because uh, Ladro was a more a la carte menu. Yes. There were some functions, but was uh, occasional. In Olivinia, every day was a function day. Mm-hmm. Because it's a perfect place for big table, you know, for celebration, weddings, engagements, you know. Everything and wo- a- and when you do functions, you need to be you know super organized. Mm-hmm. That way you cannot cook. So then you've gone from winery. What did you do after wineries? Rosetta. 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 And I went to Rosetta because was an offer. You know, work for Neil Perry. I cannot say no. You cannot say no to Neil Perry. <laughs> did you know who Neil Perry was before you came to Australia? No. How long did it take you to understand who Neil Perry was to the Australian climate? 
almost immediately. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I was curious about, you know, the the the, the way um, the hospitality works in Australia because sure. it's a little bit different to compare Italy. Mm-hmm. And I'm start to, you know, buy some uh, kind of newspaper specialized, uh, you know, in the hospitality mm-hmm. around Melbourne, Sydney. And uh, the big names are often on television, you yes. know. I was, uh, when uh, they say you can work for Rosetta, was uh, a no-brain. Yes, immediately, straight away. It doesn't matter the pay, doesn't matter nothing. Yes, and that's it. Because you knew how much you were going to learn? Exactly. Right. And also because it was a, a prestigious, you know, opportunity. And in my mind was, okay, this is can be good for my career. Sure. Maybe it's not just a matter of money, but it's a matter to to create a, a credibility on my name, you know, mm. because if you work for this kind of uh, big chef, you can say, I have the knowledge, I have the skill to do, you know, this kind of job. Yes, of course. I want to talk about your thoughts on that again later and if that's been lost in the industry too. So you went from Rosetta. Yeah. I'm trying to get to a point when how you came to be where you are now. Like you've got yes, such a good career. I feel we can make this a two-hour podcast. So what did you do after Rosetta? After Rosetta, I decided to uh, take an offer. For okay. another opening, mm-hmm. I was addicted to opening. <laughs> you like the rush of openings. Exactly, the yes. rush of the adrenaline. Yes. With King and Goffrey. Yes. A big venue. An amazing Carton. venue. Yes, yes, amazing. Yes. yes. And uh, I stayed with uh, King and Goffrey until uh, no- December 2019. Wow. When I quit to open up my business. Okay. So then how did it come to be that... Federica, like the both of you met, <laughs> because at the start, when when she opened up the business, she needed somebody to find customers <laughs> and let the world know about her pasta. Because mm. of course, she already has you know she has the knowledge. She has she, there's people who know her already, but there's so much more out there, and yes. she needed somebody who had the time look for other channels, you know, other customers, and to just let the world know, let the chefs know that she opened up her own business. Because sure. the funny thing was that she was receiving a lot of job offers from a lot of, a lot of places, and she, she said, I, I don't know, I, I would love to satisfy all the requests. What can I do? Like maybe I'll do something where I can actually satisfy all the requests because yep. I'm not working... Exclusively for one person, one customer. Mm. I'm working for all of them if they want to. (laughs) (laughs) So um, initially, it was pretty, you know, like door to door. I was going door to door with literally with samples in my fridge bag, (laughs) (laughs) Um, walking everywhere, trying to ask for uh, you know some time. Can I can I have like two minutes of your time, chef? Please just to. Everybody is always so busy, but I've always found really, really nice people. Yes. Um, I have to say it was really good. They all welcomed me. Uh, also, they didn't have much time, but they all, all right, leave me the samples and I'll, I'll call you back if I'm interested, you know, the usual sure. things. <laughs> so just like in the old days, go there, knock the door, leave the samples, leave your business card and yep. hoping that they will call you back. And, you know, following up. But uh, that's how it started. And obviously that helped. It helped us being recognized a bit. And now we are at a stage where actually customers are looking for us, which is what you really want. Absolutely. <laughs> There's a lot of word of mouth. Yep. So we are very grateful for that, especially during these two <laughs> crazy years where everybody is suffering, hospitality is being... Yeah, um, but a lot of our customers kept ordering our pasta, maybe just a bit less, but yep. this they kept doing it. And uh, for you know, uh, takeaway uh, deliveries, and they were helping us just as we were helping them. Mm. So maybe they were referring us to other people in, in 
need. So what we found was a great solidarity. We, these two years have been very challenging, yeah. but we found a lot of uh, customers who we can call friends. One uh, hard thing about us is that we cannot, we, we actually choose and not to say our customers' names for their privacy. Okay. Because, of course, you're a chef. Mm. You don't want probably the people to know that you're not making your own pasta. And we're totally fine with that. <laughs> so we, we like to call ourselves silent partners. <laughs> like we're, silent we're not getting partners. in the way. Yeah, we're not getting yeah. in the way unless you tell us that we can. So you know how many times on social media, oh, no, I would love to share that story, but I can't. <laughs> I'm just like trying to tie my hands up. But it's fine. It's something for us that's the, the it's paramount just to have people who trust us, yes. uh, confidentiality. We, we want to help you be the superstar. We don't want to be the superstars. So if we can give you something that you can create a beautiful dish with, mm -hmm. we're more than happy. I can give you a, just an example because they, they know that we can tell their name. <laughs> There's a beautiful restaurant in Mooney Ponds. Mm -hmm. It's called Ascot Food mm -hmm. and Wine. Mm -hmm. Of course. Uh, they, they, they're one of our customers. They've been customers for pretty much a year. Mm -hmm. Dave, the chef, amazing. Mm -hmm. um, I know it's owned by Megan Gale, and we would love to meet her because she spent a lot of time in Italy too. Of course. And she was on TV, so everybody in Italy loved her. Yes. <laughs> Guys, girls, everyone. So yes. one of these days, I will go and meet her. But anyway, what they do, they order a normal ricotta tortelli, mm -hmm. very simple, delicate pasta, mm -hmm. and they make this amazing dish with prawns and just... Oh, it, it just looks amazing and mm -hmm. tastes amazing. So rich. And it's just like, the idea is to give them a pasta that it doesn't have a strong flavor. Yeah. That way they can use all the flavor. Yeah, mm -hmm. exactly. And mm -hmm. they managed to do an amazing dish that they said it's sold out. Like, it's really, really popular. <laughs> and so that, that is an example. Another good example is the Hardware Club in the mm. city. We work a lot with them. Mm -hmm. They make incredible dishes. They've been reviewed by magazines. So we see our pasta on the covers, which is amazing. Um, and these are the ones we can talk about. <laughs> yes. All the other, many others you can't. Many yes. other amazing ones we cannot name, but that's okay. <laughs> Hopefully, you know, they, they know. They know we're talking about them, even if we're not. <laughs> so, so did you guys know each other before you started the business? No, no, no. <laughs> no. Did you did you employ her when you started the business? Um, it's a funny story because uh, was uh, the employees of um, one of my best friends. Right. I hope Gabriele, my friends, is not too upset with me <laughs> now. <laughs> but because it's so strange. Normally, you know, you got the. Um, story about uh, the women, you know, the hard to work to the hard to work together, you know. For Federica and I, was a love at first sight, <laughs> and I decided we complement each other. I, 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 guess. Have, I have to to make an offer and uh, ask Federica to work for me because uh, she she co she complement a, a lot of you know the stuff uh, I don't have it. Yeah, I understand because. I'm a chef. Sometimes I can be a little bit grumpy, you know, especially when I'm under stress. Oh, and with the customer, I, you I need to be well. <laughs> always, you know, smiling, always, okay, it's not a problem, you know. It's a matter of trust. Mm. The, 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 the customer comes to us because they know they can count on, on us, you know. Yes. If I say yes, yes. If I say no, it's no because it's not possible. But mm. Federica has got... A, this fantastic way to, to communicate with the customer, you know, to make everything possible. And uh, was, uh, for me, a no-brain. I have to ask Federica to work for me. I'm honoured. Because <laughs> <laughs> it seems pretty, um, seems pretty obvious that this, this is a two-person operation and the fact that it wouldn't be successful unless you were both working together, right? Like yeah. if it was just you working 
for yourself, Piera. Like, I think it would be successful, but nowhere near as the success you're getting at the moment. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But I'm, I'm, I'm pretty aware of that. Yes. This is why I decided to, to make an offer to Federica. Because you need to know your limits. Yeah. And my limits are, you know, when I'm, I'm under stress, I can be a little bit, you know. Short. Yes. Snappy. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Snappy. Snappy. <laughs> <laughs> After two minutes, three minutes. You're fine. Yeah. I'm fine, you know, but yeah, yeah, yeah. in the moment uh, I can be. A little bit snappy. Yes. Maybe being Italian helps because I know how to. <laughs> I know many. You know like the warning the signs. The rage. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And also, I trust I'm just me. I back try. To baker, I, I, I'm, oh, yes. I try to work uh, on that. You know, mm. and I can keep my mouth shut. The problem is, always, you can read in my face. You know, my 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 rage. My yeah, yeah, yeah. you know. Um, bad moment, mm. and it's not good to, for the customer. Yes, and uh, I have to to find a solution. The solution so you cannot be good and everything. <laughs> you need to find the the person can complement you. I was going to ask, like, what have you learnt about each other from working with each other now that you probably didn't know instinctively? Uh, <laughs> well, not how to handle stress. Because yes. talking is actually a good way to manage stress. Maybe if she were on her own, yes. she'd be like kicking in the oven. <laughs> <laughs> at least she can kick me. No, just <laughs> no, at least we can talk through, you know, okay, what what is that is stressing you out? How sure. can I help? Sure. I've been washing dishes these days. <laughs> I've been like doing things that, you know, uh, uh, helping each lesson. other with no limits. With no limits. No limits. It's like, I don't go, oh, no, this is not in my job description. Yes. It's not something you do, especially when you this, the business is yeah, just started. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. we all have to be, I guess, prepared to to do a bit more, you know, mm-hmm. of everything. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I even, I'm even learning to make some pasta. <laughs> like, it took me an hour to make a tortellino. <laughs> she had already made, like, <laughs> 30 anyway. But no, it's it's good. It's And she's she is... Very funny. Like she makes me laugh because she doesn't laugh. <laughs> so <laughs> I make her laugh sometimes. <laughs> but uh, it's uh, it's funny. We actually have a lot of funny conversations, and so it's it's fun. Like working together is actually fun. It's not just work. Yeah, I and understand. from Federica, I learn. Sometimes it's much much easier letting go. Say yes. Uh, yes, it's much, much simple to compare a no. Sometimes to say, say no is complicated, you know. It's just yeah. a stressful s- situation. Just letting go, say yes, doesn't matter. And you find a solution and you move on. That's the thing, because we think that there is always a solution. Like, And we've experienced that, <laughs> believe me. <laughs> These two years have been, re- like, actually one year, because we started February 2020, yes. Yes. So mm, we went through everything in the lockdowns, but mm. we found that there was always a solution to every problem or difficulty. Or the, the most important thing is just to be a team. Yes. Just work together. What yep. can we do to work it out? Do you think it was a blessing that you started a business a month before a world pandemic? And the fact that a lot of restaurants all of a sudden switched the light on and went, we actually need to think about our businesses differently now. Well, hence, hence why things like tech, hospitality tech has now leapfrogged probably five years and two years. Like, do you think businesses were thinking a lot more differently about their supply chains? I think so. Yeah. And also was useful also for me because instead to have a, a big, big pressure, you know, immediately with a lot of, uh, you know, work, at the time, to grow step by step. Mm. And a little mistake was uh, just a little mistake, you mm. know. Yeah, it wasn't and as public as it would have been before. Exactly. Mm. I think uh, now with the chef sh- shortage you got in Melbourne, a lot of chefs started to think into uh, outsourcing yes. this kind of production, you know. Yes. Because it's a very time-consuming 
Yeah. Take a lot of space. And now the kitchen, they don't have a lot of space, you yeah. know. And also when you have a lot of turnover with the chefs, you cannot keep con- with the consistency. And we can guarantee, you know, the same product, the same week by week, not uh, because today you have a, a chef with Italian background mm. and maybe next week on the roster you got uh, a chef with the French or Asian background, you know, yes. the consistency is different. Mm. You know, they can keep the consistency mm-hmm. and uh, probably will be, for us, it was a, a big, big advantage. Yeah, of course. Were you going to say something there as well? Oh, yeah, sorry. Um, no, the thing is that with our product, we actually are showing chefs that we can cut a lot of costs. I mean, their costs in the like preparation, yeah, cost and time, uh, all the prep, all the cleaning, because we, we sell our pasta already portioned. Yeah, wow. So, yeah. we're... Yeah, because we don't sell just pasta. Because I used to work in the pasta section, I know all the problem you have, you know, yeah. in the prep time. Yes. Because if you buy pasta for another factory, they sell just the pasta. Yes. I sell also the service is already as pasteurized. In this way, it does stick together, and uh, you got a more shelf lives. Because you can keep one week in the core room without, without problem. We put it in, uh, in the oven with mm-hmm. just a, a, a quick steamer, mm-hmm. just a, a couple of minutes, mm-hmm. then in the blast chiller. Yep. In this way, we, we can do the portioning <laughs> in a little plastic bag. We, the yeah, the chef, five, ju- you don't need seven, to do 12. the pre-cooking, nothing. You just, at the moment of the order, open the bag and cook. So that saves a lot of time. Yeah. Saves a lot of time. Sorry, yes, I didn't realize you did that. Yeah. So That's yeah, exceptional. Yeah. yeah. And also, you can personalize. We have a, ca- for example, uh, we have a, a, a number of, uh, you know, the fillet pasta. Mm. We portion by number mm. because it's it's almost impossible, you know, keep uh, the same grams. And also on the plate, uh, the customer doesn't have the scales. Yeah. But he can count. <laughs> it's happened to me. I got 11, he's got 12. Why? I got one less, you know? <laughs> yes, no, I totally understand that. I do that with dumplings all the time. So, yeah, I can understand. And <laughs> this is the service we done. But if you like a bigger portion, mm-hmm. a little portion, because maybe it's not a main course, it's just an entree. If you like... Uh, uh, 150 grams, 180 grams. We can personalize everything. Wow. So it's very tailored, <laughs> like it's a bespoke service. And also the kind of service <laughs> we offer to the chef, talk to me. Yeah. What do you, what you, do need, you need? need? Yeah. Yes. We, I have my range of product, but some, cas- uh, some, some, some restaurants, they say, I want something with uh, the lobster. I want something... Yeah. And we can create. Why Why have you done it that way for? Because that's really hard to scale. Yes, but we don't like to scale. We like to stay in this way because I don't like a big factory. I want sure. a, a special service. You pay for the special service. Right. We stay little, medium, but we are the only one. Nobody does this kind of job. Mm. In my idea, my idea of business was find your niece, you know? Yes. A little window where you can have something nobody else can do it. How does it make you feel when you make pasta, Piero? Very proud. Because I think about my nonna, my auntie, and uh, something I can uh, do, you know, with uh, pride. And also, it's a, a way to keep uh, a relation because I miss uh, the, you know, the adrenaline and the, the environment of commercial kitchen. Yeah, of course. A- and it's a way to keep uh, a relation with all the chefs. Yeah, connected. I don't have uh, one head chef. Yes. I have uh, hundreds of uh, head chefs with me, you know. Yeah, it's much the same reason why I started the podcast. I was going to ask... Um, do you think the fact that you learnt 
this skill so early, even without the knowledge that it was a skill, it was just something you did with your nonna, do you think that just gives you uh, an insane opportunity amongst everyone else who maybe, you know, does pasta making for a couple of years and, and that kind of stuff? Like how long does it take someone to get as good as how you are? I think it's uh, just a matter of patience. Because uh, in a couple of years, you can have uh, a good, good knowledge. Yeah. The problem is, it's a boring job to do the pasta, especially in big number. And what, what not, everybody, not everybody, what you know, like a, a repetitive job day yeah, by right. day, day by day. Mm-hmm. This is the big problem. A lot of chefs, oh, Pierre, I love to learn how to make pasta. Yes, after a couple of hours, they are sick to do it, you know. <laughs> because the same movement and the same job for hours, you know, the same tortellone for Think about if I make a 200, 300 portion of tortelloni, yeah. every portion got 12 tortelloni yeah. all day. Mm. How many tortelloni you need to do in, in one day? Mm. And just the same movement for hours, you know? So how do you keep yourself not getting bored? Is it just that constant connection back to uh, learning? I challenge myself. Okay. You know, if I... Uh, I know I sound, sound stupid, uh, but for example, if uh, the day before I made the same pasta and I made 150 portions, mm-hmm. I'm starting to count, you know, with the time. I need to do 160 today, you know. The day do after, yes. 170. I think we're too similar. It's quite funny. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, obviously, you're doing, you know, a really bespoke product. Like, how do you think... How are you going out and marketing yourself at the moment in order to make sure that other restaurants know that you can do these bespoke things for them and do almost signature pasta dishes so they come on board? Well, that's a very interesting question. Um, As I said, it's a bit hard for us to let people know that because we can't really share our portfolio. Yes. (laughs) We we can't say, oh, yeah, we make pasta for this customer, this other customer. We can't. So, unless we are allowed to, so it's a bit, a bit of a catch twenty two. Because how can you? Ah, well, word of mouth is very powerful, mm-hmm. as I said. Because uh, especially if it comes from another chef referring us to other chefs, that means like it, they hundred yes. <laughs> uh, percent show that our product. Yeah, and mm. we love that. That's obviously the best. Mm. Um, other ways, I mean, we use social media. Um, I mean. I'm do. I've been doing social media. I'm not a social media expert, so I'm also <laughs> learning every day. You know, um, it, it it gives us visibility, though. It's fine because I see. I mean, we we don't have this incredible number of followers yet, but we got the good ones. Yes. So you see the in the engagement and all these kind mm. of statistics. Now I sound a bit nerdy, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to learn. I know, you know? what you mean. <laughs> yes. Uh, but we all like self-taught. I'm self-taught. So mm-hmm. um um. So that helps, especially today. I think you sell a lot through social media. Like mm. it's one of the most powerful sales channels. Yep. Uh, we we get orders through Instagram. Yeah, especially Facebook. For chefs, right? yeah, 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 and yeah. and it's it's great because they can see pictures mm. of how actually our product looks like. Yes, which is like the best. And of course, then that's the first step. Maybe they. Contact us, okay, I'll be interested in knowing. Then there is like the person-to-person uh, relationship, which has been a bit hard <laughs> um, lately, but it's mm. uh, coming back. So there are, I love to go there. If she can come with me, that's even better because she obviously has the knowledge, the sure. technical knowledge to explain everything. But uh, normally I or we would go and present samples and they can try nine times out of ten it's always a success well the the challenge is to get them to try so that's the thing i think that's the real challenge so being uh, obviously um, making sure people know about us and know that we exist yes and again we're still very little Mm. and we so we're trying to 
use all the means, all the possible ways to um, get people to know that they, we exist. Yes. But after we they try our product, nine times out of ten, it's a success. It's it really is. Yeah. Because they know, and it's her. She is like I. I've never made pasta all my life, and I'm Italian as well. My Grandmother always tried to teach me how to make pasta. I was never interested because I, I love eating, but I don't like making. <laughs> such a waste of time for me, anyway. Uh, but now it's uh, like watching her. I, I get like mesmerized. <laughs> I, she is a machine, like in a mm. good way. She she can make hundreds of pieces of tortelli the same exact size, and I don't know how. And, he, and while she's making them, she's also uh, talking and she's also <laughs> checking the oven. and also, So I don't know. This is like multitasking. Like yeah. I, I really am in awe. Like I'm, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I'm, I have been learning a lot from her, like how to, I mean, not, not that I want to replicate because it's <laughs> impossible, but it's fascinating. It yep. really is. And, and the thing is, she was talking about consistency. She can offer consistency, whether it's for a small order mm. of 20 portions mm. up to hundreds of portions, because we also work with events. Yeah. yeah. We, we, we are, we're starting to work with big groups yeah. to do like 400, 500 portions of pasta, like large wow. numbers. We recently moved to a nice new commercial kitchen, which mm -hmm. is allowing us to have... Uh, much more space, a nice cool room, all the equipment, benches, mm -hmm. and also we're investing in personnel like yep. to help. But as uh, as Piera will probably confirm, every person makes one batch because all the hands are different. So you can't get Great three point. people mm -hmm. do the same pasta for the same customer because mm. it's not going to be the same. Mm -hmm. Doesn't work. So mm. no. So you. So that's the challenge is also to divide the jobs and get one person to do one job. This other, that's it. You just focus on that and she focuses on another, another thing. And it's just um, organization and yeah, but consistency. So we're able to offer that so despite being handmade. So handmade normally is not like normally <laughs> they say it's being handmade. So you can, might find some defects, blah, blah. You know, you write it on yes. the Packaging. Yes. <laughs> yes. No, yours um, is perfection. Ours is perfect. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Perfectly anime. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So you're starting to train other people to make pasta yes. at the moment? Yeah. How's that going, fucking Archie? Uh, has man has been is tough? a disgrace. <laughs> Pardon? <laughs> yes. The men are a disgrace <laughs> with pasta. Yeah, Women? Would be. Yes. yes. Much better. Why? Probably because they have a, a little finger. Yeah, right. And also, uh, normally, uh, women, uh, you know, this kind of pre precision, litman movement. Uh, 100%. Um, yes. They are more, uh, you know, skilled. Mm. Yes. Mm -hmm. And maybe uh, they have more patience. Do you think it's patience? Yes. Everybody can do the pasta. You need just to have a patience. Practice makes perfect. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and also, I, I noticed, especially with the chefs, uh, mm. they la sta like to start, you know, and make uh, immediately a big quantity. Mm -hmm. No, doesn't work. Mm. You first learn to work, then you learn to run. When you got uh, the movement uh, and became uh, like uh, automatic, yes. then you can go faster, you know. But first, uh, you need to stay concentrated just uh, in the quality, you know, of the shape uh, the, the kind of pasta. When you are confident, you can work on, in, you know, in velocity. With regards to the people you're training at the moment, is your want for them to stay with you for a long time or is your want for them to go to different places and go to those venues like Rosetta and and, and develop their career that way? Like how are you sort of thinking about it? Because uh, you're uh, the best, right? Yes. I so like to... To think about my business, uh, just uh, not just uh, you know uh, uh, a way to make a money, sure, but also a way to make uh, a different environment in the workspace. I like to create a workspace uh, where the people are happy to stay. They can have a social life. They can have a you know 
the birthday of your daughter, the wedding of your sister, you know, have a life, something where it's nice to work. Mm. Because I notice in the hospitality, a lot of chefs are worn out yep. because they don't have a life anymore, you know. Mm-hmm. It's just a work, 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 work. And I like to create something different, you know. This is way in my mind I'm starting to think about, you know, more women in my workplace because they suffer more because they they have a, this big conflict about, you know, the career and the family and yeah. uh, you know how to manage, you know, the children growing up, uh, the problem with the school, the the problem, of, you know, to keep. Uh, a nice house, you know, and this is why I, I'm starting to think maybe, you know, women and younger people, because the younger people now, they have a big problem entering the market. Yes. They ask pretty much for everything, a certificate or experience, yeah. but you need to make the experience. You, you, nobody born with the experience, you know, I was 17 and I made my three years apprentice state and it was easy to find a job without experience. You sure, know? sure. Now it's almost impossible. You need to have uh, three different degrees, you know, four different certificates and uh, two years of experience for, for what? To but make pasta. Yeah. You can learn with me, no worries. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think commercial kitchens are going to go back to a trend like it? I hate to go back to and say things like it used to be, but like, do you think apprenticeships are going to be the thing that are really going to come back and be normalised again? I hope so. I hope so because I had the, the only way to survive because we have a, a big problem with the, sh- uh, with the staff, a Agree. lot of shortage. Yes. And uh, a lot of people with, uh, you know, the, the school are not trained properly. It's not fair because they spend a lot of money to have a certificate, to have a skills, and then they enter, you know, in a commercial kitchen with uh, a lot of hope to make a, finally a career, and mm. it's a big slap uh, in the face, you know, yeah, slap in the don't face, have the skill. Yeah. because they can understand. I don't have the skills. They promise me, you know, if you can have the apprenticeship on the job, for me, the best solution. So what do you think is stopping that? Do you think do you think kitchens don't have enough time to train staff? Do you think that's one of the issues or do you think it's something else? I'm not sure about that. I think uh, uh, probably when the all this kind of school and uh, they started, they offer a easy solution. Yes. And uh, for a lot of people was uh, easy to trust was a solution. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? The, the fact is different, you know, and now the people starting to open, open the eyes and understand, no, if I, I want a, a good staff, I need to train by myself. Agree. But we need also a reform about the apprenticeship. In what way? Because uh, a lot of people, they just uh, stop going to TAFE. Yes. Because cost money, a lot of money. Yes. Second, if you can find an apprenticeship and you can work also, mm. they are pity money, mm-hmm. really pity money. Yes. A lot under the minimum wage. And if you think a uh, 18 years boy or girls, why I need to be paid $10, $12 each hour when with a unskilled job I can do more? Why I need to push myself uh, and learn something? I mean, in wage, I can have um, more money in my, in my pocket. This is the problem. I can't remember. It was different in Italy, but when I started, you know, I was 17 years old. Yes. My employer had just to pay my minimum wage. Yeah. The only benefit was uh, for the three years of the apprenticeship was... Uh, uh, without, uh, you know, the payment of my pension contribution. Right. But it's so simple. When you are 15, 16, you got all your life in front of you, mm. uh, a couple of years without super, 
doesn't wait too much, you know, because you've got a lot of time to, to put the money in your super. Mm. can be a very good <coughs> incentive for the... And you can have a job yeah. instead to stay, you know, without uh, for three, four years just because you are unable to gain some experience. I think basically what you're saying there, and I remember when, when I started out and I went from a casual position and then I went into an apprenticeship and all of a sudden my wage went <laughs> directly yeah. down. But I had to stick with it, right? Like, and I was young enough that I could still live at home and, and do all those things. So I think part of what we're saying is kind of like we need to try and get them as young as we possibly can to try and make that what still will be a minimum wage accessible because hopefully they're still living at home or they've got share accommodation with other people. But also we need to lift that wage as well and have that potentially supplied by governments. But how do you think we actually get those 15-year-olds, those 16-year-olds, those 17-year-olds excited about apprenticeships and wanting to be in a commercial kitchen or a bakery or a making pasta for three to four years? Like, how do you think we get that energy into them to want to do that as a career? I think first, think about build a roster where the people can have a life. Yeah. Because it's not just, you know... The, the problem you got in the kitchen. And I notice a lot of restaurants, for example, now they offer a roster with four days in double and three days off. It can be a solution. You need also think about be flexible. Mm. Because, okay, you have a roster problem, but the people live a life. Yeah. If uh, it's the birthday of my daughter, I have the right to celebrate, you know. If yes. I need to go the funeral of my nonna, a lot of people in the hospitality, they f- felt guilty just to ask, ask for a day off. Yep. No, must be not the norm because life happened for everybody. We need to think, okay, cr- try to build a, a different environment of, where the people, they can have a life. They can have a, a you know, we found a solution. We are a team. I have a need, uh, uh, I need to stay Sunday off. Because I promised to my wife, I can split uh, the, I can swap uh, my my hour with another. If a chef, yep. if, if a, it works, mm-hmm. if it's work, you know. Mm-hmm. But we need to find a, a a way to to make the life possible for for the people in the kitchen. Yeah, I totally agree. Thanks for your thoughts on that. Why are you guys focusing on a wholesale product? Why is there a plan? I don't want to spoil anything. If you're thinking about it. Is there a plan for a retail product? Do you want to get this into into high-end grocery stores, health food stores, yeah, those kind of are, things? will be the next step. Okay. The daily will be the next step. We okay. decide to stop because when you put too much stuff, <laughs> you know, yes. in one go, it's easily... Make mistakes. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And we, we, we're we also we, working on the packaging for the daily. So we, we've been... Uh, studying uh, artwork with a designer. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's a process. It's not as easy. Oh, yeah, let's uh, yeah. go to the... Actually, we have a great <laughs> idea <laughs> that we would love to share with the <laughs> dailies. <laughs> because in Italy, there are shops, pasta fresca shops, mm-hmm. and pasta is sold loose. Like you right. got trays of pasta mm-hmm. and you just... Uh, lady or the gentleman they just go there and they buy it by the kilo whatever loose like they don't buy the prepackaged pasta so yeah. our idea which is also more environmentally friendly yes. our idea is to actually suggest the some more environmentally conscious dailies <laughs> out there <laughs> to sell our pasta like that mm-hmm. so instead of providing them the product Prepackaged, uh, you know, with the thermal seal, everything. Yes. We just give you the loose pasta. Mm-hmm. You are, uh, you can store it in your cool room, like just like the restaurants do. Yes. And they can sell it on on trays, and people can go with their own trays yes. or their own containers, which is also something, especially you know, in some areas of Melbourne where they're more probably conscious about that mm-hmm. reusable containers, uh, stuff like that. You can go. You can buy your Pasta, put in your takeaway container, that's it, or bag or whatever. It's actually uh, uh, not a not a silly thing. <laughs> no, it's actually a lot easier. So for that, that would be, we're trying to 
to probably pitch the answers some some um, some dailies, some shops, some retail shops that mm-hmm. can see. It's also more uh, is it like better for them as far as costs. Of course, because they will pay less for our pasta because yeah. it's, we don't sell it packaged, so we don't have all the packaging costs yep. to add. Yeah, so it's more of a margin for we them think as well. They're more of a margin, exactly, mm-hmm. and we. I, I think it's a it's a great idea. I mean, it's been working like if in Italy for for centuries almost <laughs> and it works like mm-hmm. uh so maybe educating a bit like sure customers as well sure uh, we've seen um an example in calls there's mm-hmm. uh, i think the, the little calls they, they local? yeah the local yeah, 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 yeah they have um pasta trays of pasta mm-hmm. um, i'm not sure how successful that <laughs> thing is but it's it's great when i saw that i was like wow yeah that is exactly what we would love to do with our dailies yeah, or yeah, yeah. the you know the the selected dailies who think alike yes yeah so and it's actually a great idea especially as i said because we want to reduce the single use um, even pierre and i were very very conscious about that i mean i use my keep cup everywhere yeah. like I, I i just cannot yeah, plastic. We're trying to find an alternative solutions to when we portion the pasta for yeah. chefs. We have to put them in these bloody plastic bags, which we hate. Yeah, of course. We're trying to find an alternative solution because that's all in the landfill. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't think many chefs just take time to put it in the soft plastic. <laughs> no. But well, I mean, obviously, it's something that we would love to. I mean, to find a solution for because we we hate seeing that. Uh, so if there is a way where we can sell our products in a more conscious and environmentally conscious way, conscious way is uh, that will be that will be great. Very much aligned with our idea of yeah, business. Your values. Well, yeah, 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 it makes sense. Yeah, um, I'm sure there's someone listening to this podcast that will probably reach out afterwards. So we hope so. Um, my final question to you both is: We're now, as we said, a couple of years into this pandemic. That's deciding not to stop. What are you looking forward to 2022? <laughs> <laughs> a million dollar question. <laughs> oh, I thought a million dollars. <laughs> stop bloody COVID, sorry. Yeah, 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 100%. But it's not just a matter, you know, uh, of the scare for the healthy. We are a human being. We like to plan. You know, after three years, almost three years, Live by day by day, mm. you know, mentally is drained. Yeah, it's the same news every yeah. single day. Yeah. You yeah. cannot, for, for every day, you need to think, okay, I can, I, I can plan this one. Will be the same in one month, in two months. This is very mentally changed. I, I decide, okay, the COVID doesn't is, exist anymore. Mm-hmm. I have my vaccination. Mm-hmm. I keep my mask. It doesn't matter if uh, the mask is on, off. No, I keep it. It's a very big, big, uh, little sacrifice, little mm. sacrifice to do it. And I can respect the other people. Yes. It doesn't matter if uh, I'm free to go without and live on. Yes. But the COVID doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> I don't want talk about COVID anymore. <laughs> I, I, really, I, I don't watch the TV anymore. I don't yeah, watch yeah. the number anymore. Yeah. The only thing matter, what can I do to prevent? Yeah. It's Walking on my shoulder. Yeah. A little step, everybody, mm-hmm. keep the vaci- vaccination on. Mm-hmm. Keep the mask on. It's not a, a big sacrifice, you know? It's not hard. It's not hard. Mm. Just use it. Just use it mm-hmm. and wash your hands and live on. <laughs> totally and agree. Have faith. <laughs> have faith. <laughs> what are you thinking for 2022? What are you hopeful for? Yeah, so on a more practical. <laughs> <laughs> um, so obviously we started exactly a year ago. So what we managed to achieve so far is incredible given all the circumstances and everything so we're very grateful to all our customers like even during the pandemic we managed to keep 80 percent of our customers which is a big yeah but you know why because 
we showed them that we were there for them. Yes. Even in the, the toughest Tough times. times. And yeah. they did the same. So yeah. as I said, I think we need to, to use the community just to, to understand that we're all people in the end. Mm-hmm. So we all need, still need the people interaction. Mm-hmm. And we need to support each other in every possible way, especially in this industry that is suffering. And there's a lot of people who need something and a lot of people who can provide something. Yes. So it's just a matter of getting in touch. Everyone, just building a network where we can uh, we can know about the others and they yep. can, you know. Uh, so I think it's very much uh, thinking about this, building a nice uh, support uh, mm-hmm. community that supports. Mm-hmm. So the good thing about Melbourne is that there's a lot of suburbs, and every suburb has got they've, they've got the different uh, differences. Yeah. But <laughs> in the end, Melbourne is like a big town. Like really, you see, yeah. <laughs> you see people. Oh, like I was in Turak the other day. He's like in in Coburg. How? Like, in the end, it's always the same people, <laughs> same faces. You know. So for us, I mean, I come from a small small town in Italy. She comes from Bologna. Bologna is is big, but really, how many inhabitants? 400,000? Half millions. I have millions. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> no, so for Italy, it's like a big... <laughs> it's a big city. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And But the density of population is different. Of course. But Melbourne, so it's all spread out. But in the end, they all g- gather to yep, come all to the same together. place. Mm-hmm. So I think um, just being there for each other, just helping each other and, and listen. Listen. Listen is very important. I totally agree. Totally agree with Federica. Thanks. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. Listening. It's a really yeah, listening is uh, very important. A really important part. It's the key. Uh, ladies, thanks so much for joining me on the podcast today. Now, I know a lot of people are going to want to reach out and understand more. So what's the best place that people can find out about this amazing brand? Uh, we've got, obviously, uh, social media. Mm-hmm. Piera Pasta Fresca, very simple. <laughs> Uh, spell it right, <laughs> but it's just it's just us anyway. Uh, Facebook, of course, same mm-hmm. same name. Mm-hmm. LinkedIn, actually, we we are we're very big on LinkedIn. You are very uh, big. On LinkedIn. Yeah, we are. Yes, we we actually believe that LinkedIn is a very important tool mm-hmm. because you've got the people who actually are looking for something. Yeah, <laughs> job wise or you yeah, know work wise. Mm-hmm. So if they go on LinkedIn, means that okay, maybe yeah, and. It's funny because social media is not the same everywhere. So what you post on Instagram, mm-hmm. you can't post on LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. What you write, so LinkedIn is more about content, mm-hmm. whereas you know, social uh, like Facebook or Instagram is more about the immediate, yep. uh, you know, the story or what just like making invite. pasta and those kind yeah, of things. Yeah, yeah, like mm-hmm. immediate things that last twenty four hours. That's it. But it's a different, different audience. Yep. LinkedIn in LinkedIn, uh, you can use content so mm-hmm. we we employ more time maybe describing pasta like uh, more technicalities as well because I, I know that people probably are less bored <laughs> if they read that i mean they chose linkedin so they <laughs> might as well otherwise just go on instagram <laughs> but we offer multiple channels sure uh so that's that's uh that's pretty much it and your as websites, far as your website's website website mm-hmm. is pretty good actually it's been done by um, an amazing graphic designer mm-hmm. from Milano. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. So we we work with them. They're very good, mm-hmm. very good um, designers. So mm-hmm. also we're working with them for the packaging of, for the dailies as well. Yeah, nice. They did all everything, all the logos, the pasta, icons, everything. Yep. And it's been put together very well. We've had, we had a lot of help from other people as well. So it's sure. been very good. And it looks good, clean. Agree. Uh, and actually, last but not least, we do have a online uh, shop area. Yes. So for just individuals who want to buy one or two portions, they mm-hmm. just can go on our website. There's a shop online. Mm-hmm. They can do pickup or arrange delivery. Mm. That's a side side business. Side business. Obviously, not people need to know who we are. But sure. we, we've had a lot of uh, good response, actually, especially during lockdown. Yeah, a bit. Word of mouth again. People were a lot of people were ordering through our online shop, and we made sure that everybody was uh, satisfied, had their pasta in time. So it was good. Like it worked very well. Excellent. So 
Multiple channels. <laughs> um, Piera, Federica, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it today. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Principle of Hospitality. I hope you really enjoyed that one. I know I enjoyed it, the first one back for this season. As always, please comment, like, and share this podcast with your friends in the industry. You know we're making this content with the industry in mind, so we'd really appreciate you sharing it along. Thanks as well to our major supporter, the largest family-owned and operated hospitality supplier in Australia, Chef's Hat, where the industry shops. And if you don't know us at Poe by now, well, a shame you should, but Sash, my co-founder from Principal Design, has one of the best design agencies in Australia. So if you're looking for anything around strategy, branding, digital design, wayfinding, or graphic design, find them at www.design.com.au and myself at Open Pantry Consulting for anything to do with systems and processes to make your business run even more smoothly. Thanks so much for tuning in to another episode. Thanks to Chef's Hat for supporting us. And until next time, stay safe, everyone. Thank you.